Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. All right, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, and uh, on this day, yet another very, very special guest, Mr. Yash Shavan, all the way from Mumbai, India. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Darren. How are you? Really well, thank you. And uh, I can't help but um, just have a little bit of a conversation. Just before we press record, we were talking about the traffic in uh, in Mumbai <laughs> and the fact that you're in a, uh, a co-working space about yeah. 15 minutes from uh, from where you where you live. And you were you were talking about uh, the way people drive in Mumbai and how it's not so much um, a traffic problem, but the way people drive problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I said it's not dissimilar to how sometimes we drive in Melbourne as well. But um, so how how things in Mumbai? Um, great. It's actually raining. It started raining right when we started recording. So I don't know. I, I guess that's a good sign from the gods that you know they're they're blessing us with the rain. So let's do this. Wow. And you'll say before it's about 26 degrees there. So it's a yeah. beautiful day apart from the, the rain. And I'm, I'm assuming the, the rain will actually bring a little bit of heat and humidity as well. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's, it's nice and cool after it you know, stops raining. So, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Hey, mate, thanks for, thanks for joining the podcast. Um, yeah. Really looking forward to this conversation. We had, a, we had a chat about a week or so ago talking about influence marketing and and I asked you a direct question in terms of how does this actually relate to business to business and um, so I thought the conversation we had was really intriguing so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get you on the podcast and have a conversation about this so let's dive into all things influencer marketing but before we do that uh, just for the benefit of the listeners love to invite you to give a give a bit of a background on the on the story that is yes okay um interestingly i don't i don't really mention this on the other like shows that i do but i actually started out as in sales so i was the first sales guy at a pretty early startup here in mumbai a couple of years ago a few years ago actually Mm -hmm. um and yeah i built like a small three people sales sales and success team you know did set out like a set up like an outbound function there so i actually started out in sales which is pretty really interesting but then I got into marketing and that's how, you know, I, I started an agency of mine. Long story short, um, we did some influencer marketing for clients and that's how I stumbled across this whole world. And then right now I'm building this tool called Saral and it basically helps brands simplify their influencer outreach efforts. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. So uh, before we jump into all things influence marketing, I'd love to yeah. get your experiences on sales and how you uh how you found it and uh was it because i often believe that sales and marketing are very similar in fact you yeah. gotta have a good got to have a good sales organization but behind that you've got to have a good marketing organization because yep. otherwise yep. it's just vaporware yeah. um how did you find sales and and what were some of your key key lessons from it um i just what do you say grip it and rip it <laughs> i i gripped it, right. it so i i I didn't like read a sales book. I pretty much like did not know anything about sales when I was there. So I just like, uh, I was like the junior guy there. So I was like, let me, so when we were, they were struggling with getting people. I distinctly remember because it was like my, 
it was like my first week, maybe even my second or third day. So I was fairly new to the company. And I was like, you know what? We're not like, we haven't signed anyone up. Let me just call some people. So I just, oh, well, I just Google searched some websites and then I was like, let me just cold call them. And I, I hadn't read any cold call scripts or anything of that sort. And the first call I did, I hopped on a call with the guy and I was, I had a nice five minute conversation with him and I really like sold him on it. I don't know oh. if I did, I don't even remember what I said, but I guess I said the right things and he signed up five minutes later. And then I was like in a, in like a cubicle like this, doing the call with him. And I was just doing more calls. And then someone came in from outside and like, sign up it's like someone signed up i was like oh shit is it that guy i'm like yes it's that guy so that was like the biggest dopamine rush for me so i just you know then i started you know reading up and figuring things out as i went and then we built like a small team behind it so yeah my sales experience was pretty good but then even then i was kind of doing both like the demand gen marketing side and the sales side was not necessarily like a strict sales role so i like you said right i wasn't siloed into sales. So I experienced that like marketing has to work for sales to work and sales has to work for, you know, marketing to keep pumping leads into. So yeah, totally loved the experience. Awesome. Awesome. And it was, was it at that stage that you, you noticed, uh, Hey, there's something in here about the marketing side. And was there something that the company wasn't doing that you could add value to or, what what was it that that led you to I guess down the path of of what you're doing now in terms of influencer marketing? Yeah, so from there, then eventually, as I dived into, I kind of drifted away from sales, and then I found marketing to be more interesting because it was it was one to many, right? Sales is usually one to one or maybe one to a few if there's a couple of people on the call. Marketing, yeah. you you reach like thousands, tens of thousands of people. So I found that world a little bit more intriguing. So I went in that direction and then eventually, you know, experimented with, you know, I used to run ads and whatnot, but then I never really liked the advertising model a lot because it was like, it was very interruptive. I never really liked seeing when like an ad pops up on a YouTube video while I'm scrolling Instagram or something, I hated it. So I'm like, why, why are we even running ads if no one likes seeing ads? So yeah. that's how I stumbled across that's, you know, venture out and see what the other because primarily like this is like say four or five years ago pretty much it's like a bull run everyone has lots of money especially startups they're getting funded left and right um so they're like let's just blow money on google and facebook ads and see what sticks right that that was the growth strategy so that i mean i was pretty anti-ads from the start so that's how i stumbled across you know doing stuff like content marketing and influencer marketing and for one of my clients we basically scaled their influencer program and it generated like without giving away specific numbers, multiple hundreds of thousands of net new revenue driven through yep. influencers. So I was like, whoa, this is super powerful. Uh, I've never seen this before, especially because with influencers, it's like someone's recommending the product versus with ads. It's like, or even with say sales, it's like usually there's the meme of everyone avoiding the SDR in their LinkedIn inbox, right? Like this guy's went, <laughs> as soon as I hit connect, accept request, there's going to be a pitch in the follow-up message, right? So people kind of dislike it, but people actually like reading someone who's, you know, influential in their circle. Let's say like um, you, Darren, if you post on LinkedIn about this new CRM tool that you found, people are going to like check it out versus if it was you or one of the SDRs of that CRM system in someone's inbox, then they're not going to like it, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of philosophically where I aligned with the influence model of um, doing things and making sales and doing marketing. So yeah, that's, yeah, I, I'll stop there. 
So you're you're also another person that doesn't like getting ads pop up in your uh, in your feeds yeah. like uh, YouTube <laughs> and me either. Yeah, that's bloody annoying. It's <laughs> absolutely annoying because I mean, yeah. if you're re- you're watching a, a beautiful YouTube video, and I do a lot of YouTube watching in terms of you know sales and leadership stuff, mm-hmm. and there's there's a there's a point that you're about to get the, the I guess the golden the golden yeah. goose the golden bit of information and up comes an ad yeah. yep. which by the way might be completely irrelevant to what you uh what you're looking after and what you're yeah. looking for but Jesus yep. annoying so yep. on on the same <laughs> but I'm also not prepared to pay for the um pay for YouTube to get rid of the ads either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what does that say? <laughs> so what does that say? <clears throat> so um yep. You so know what? I actually like watching ads because I like to see how they what they're pitching, and either they're completely messing it up by showing some irrelevant bullshit, like you said, like it's completely unrelated to the video. And most people who run ads, they basically just like throw money at the problem. They really don't know what they're doing. But a good ad, once in a while, I actually appreciate it as a as a marketer and even maybe as a salesperson at mm. at the core. Like I like that you're trying to you know give me that exact message at the exact time. Then I like it. But most advertising, like you said, it's just not, it's not, it's not, not, not up to the mark. No, it's not. It's just, uh, it's just literally like throwing them up against the wall and, and seeing what's yep. going to stick. Yep. So, um, so let's talk about influencer marketing because I know my, my own personal view, and this is just maybe my bias, having not been in the consumer space and selling to consumers. Yeah. My, my belief was always that, hey, influencer marketing must be for the business to consumer market. And mm-hmm. and and you kind of said to me uh, last week or the week before that 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 pretty much is is where the crux of it is. But you also said that there's a space in the B two B market for influencer marketing. So let's let's talk about why is it and and based on your experience because you're in this space, uh, why is it that B two B companies actually do take on influencer marketing? Sure. So think of. Think so. I'd like to kind of rephrase it for. I think your audience is primarily B two B. So usually, like when someone says influencer marketing, they usually think of you know some some girl in a bikini or a guy with with like six pack abs on a beach, you know, drinking drinking your can of <laughs> yeah your drink or something like that. And that's I mean that's one model of influencer marketing, but that's that's usually how consumer companies do it. But I want I want if someone's new to this, I want them to think of influence. Marketing, no R, not influencer marketing. Because influence, I think nobody can deny the fact that you have to have influence to drive a decision, right? So even if you're a salesperson, you have to be expert at the problem that you're an expert at the problem that you're trying to solve for your prospect for them to really trust you and you know use you basically are the sales process is essentially like a transfer of trust and a transfer of influence, right? So you're kind of influencing them to make the decision. So how B2B companies can leverage influence marketing is you just let someone else do the influencing for you. So your sales process is quicker, faster, and easier, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to have, you know, like three different SDRs kind of hit them on multi-channel outreach and whatever the fancy stuff it is in sales right now to, you know, influence and kind of push them towards a decision. You use the influence, like a third party influence as a pulling factor. And it's just like headwind. For your sorry, it's like tailwind for your uh, sales cycle. So yeah. Wow. So have you got have you got some examples of companies um, doing this really well that um, that we can sort of point to? Because I I know that there'll be people listening to this now thinking, 
yeah, I, I am an influencer and I and I bang on all the time as a as a leadership coach and a facilitator talking about leadership as influence and influence as leadership. So yep. for us to do anything, for us to uh, get somebody to make a decision, whether that be a key stakeholder, internal or external, but certainly a mm-hmm. company, we've got to influence them and we've got to influence them to make a decision that's ultimately in the best interest of them, but hopefully yep. it's also in the interest of us as well. So it's a win-win. Yep. So are there examples of companies that, that you're across that you're working with that that are doing this well yeah so there's there's actually tons and the way that they do it is different in the in the b2b world so again thinking of influence not influencer right so it's not so much on social media but it's a lot through blogs sometimes i'm seeing now the cutting edge it's linkedin influencers that are so linkedin's like the social media of the business world so there's a lot of linkedin influencers who are you know kind of influencing decisions there's a ton so there's this i think off the top of my head there's this company called video fruit and i think they're like a b2b they're kind of like loom or like a sales um Mm -hmm. video sending personalized video software and their founder i i can't recall his name but he does a lot of guest blogging um so guest blogging is another form of just influence marketing because what you're doing is you're blogging on someone else's blog which is influential and you're leasing their influence for your to promote your marketing ideas to put forward your marketing message right so that's one that's one form of it what i'm doing right now is like a form of influence marketing which basically i'm like adding value to your audience you're someone who holds influence over like the b2b sales side of things and i'm like you know potentially worst case i just educated someone they know my name that's a win for me and best case they sign up for my tool and you know potentially use it at their company maybe they tell someone about this interview so they it's kind of like two layers of influence then you're influencing them they're influencing someone so yeah tons of examples and a lot of different ways to do it especially in the b2b world so it's it's interesting that you say that because most people will think of influencer marketing as as you said before the the girl in the bikini or yeah. the the I guess the celebrity or the well-known person who's promoting yeah. a certain product. And yeah. if, if we're aligning with that particular person and thinking about uh, the old uh, Aristotle um, three phases of influence, the pathos, yeah. logos, and ethos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does this person have authority? Am I associated with this person? Do I resonate with, with this person? And if I do, I'm more likely to purchase their product. What you're saying there is is really intriguing because as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, things like, even things like podcasts are an example of influencer marketing. So one of my big influencers that I resonate with is a guy called John Maxwell, who is a leadership expert out of the States. And he he has a podcast. And if I think about that, that is also um, a way or a platform for him to influence a wider audience without having to him for him to be there physically. So is that yep. is that kind of what we're talking about? That's exactly what we're talking about. So if someone's, I don't know, if someone's like selling to sales leaders like yourself, they can approach John Maxwell and say, hey, is there a way where we can work together, add value to your audience and see if there's a way where we can partner up and recommend our solution to, to sales leaders that listen to you, right? So yeah, completely completely 100%. So there's like podcasts, like you said, there's a bunch of, so people kind of, I think there's a bad name for the industry where, like you said, it's like the the Instagram model who's posing with your product, but there's tons of, again, so once you reframe it, I think, so just philosophically, right, since we were talking about Aristotle, (laughs) um, I think words really matter. 
So if you think influencer marketing, then you kind of like narrow your vision down to just social media. If you think influence marketing, then your neighbor who's the sales leader at your the company you're trying to sell to is like a, is like an influencer because he can influence the decision, right? So when you broaden the scope, there's podcasts, there's you know, there's also like a guest blogging, like I said. So there's that. There's keynote speakers are influenced because they might not their Instagram may have. 10 followers, which is their friends, family, and, and their dog. But when they, when they get on stage, 5,000 people listen to them. And then 10,000 people watch the YouTube video once it gets uploaded. So that's like 15,000 people potentially listening to your marketing message. So there's if you just sit there and think about it for like a day, you can come up with like 10 sources of influence that are completely unconventional. So yeah. Wow. Love it, love it. Which is actually expanding my understanding because it, because um, I'm I'm big on influence, and yep. obviously very very well versed across you know the powers of influence, the laws of influence from Robert Cialdini, for example. Yeah, which we tend to use a lot in in business to business. Yeah. But um, for somebody that's sitting here listening to this podcast and maybe they're in the sales leadership position, they're not getting as much influence as they like. They're trying to expand their, I guess, their impact within their marketplace. Mm -hmm. Or in fact, they've got people within their team who are struggling and they're not necessarily wanting to get onto the phone and do 100 cold calls mm -hmm. per day, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's very much old, old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for somebody listening to this podcast and they wanted to get into influence marketing or start to expand their influence, but mm -hmm. do it from scratch, yep. um, where do they start? Okay. Very good question. So I'll give you like a process. I call it my six-step system. Um, so, and I, I worked on Is it. Is that so trademarked yet? Yes. <laughs> no, no, I should do it. I'm going to do it right after this call. <laughs> <laughs> the six-step um, system. Yep, That's like the seven-minute abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, except this one works. Seven-minute abs, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> no, I don't think whether the seven-minute abs actually work either. Because <laughs> you can't just buy the machine and just look at it. You've got to actually do yeah. something with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we digress. We digress. Yeah. The six-step process. Yeah. I think the lowest-hanging fruit for most B2B companies is, like, look at your case studies. Look at your customers. See if there's someone who's influential. If you have, like, like maybe even if you have like a hundred customers already, um, you can, I'm sure like at least one of them is like a LinkedIn creator or they have like a, they run like a small podcast or they do mm -hmm. something or they speak at keynotes or they're like a local influencer. They speak at their local conference or something like that. Right. So um, I think the, that's the lowest hanging fruit. And there's like multiple wins there easily that get you up to speed. And like within a week you can, find them and reach out to them. And these are also the people, since they're already your customers, they're obviously going to, if you incentivize them, right, they're going to talk about you, right? If you align your incentives with theirs, there's a simple way to get, get the ball rolling. So a lot of people tend to go the cold outreach way and like, oh, I know this popular personality on LinkedIn and they've got like 200K followers on LinkedIn. I'm going to reach out to them, that person. And if they don't use your software, then it's just hard to, you know, like get them to say yes. But if someone's already your customer and you they're like a they have like mm -hmm. a small influence circle, yeah. um, I think that's the closest win. So that's step one is to identify who your most your lowest hanging fruit of 
sources of influence are. So that can be customers, that can even be like your your teammates, your employees. Maybe the CEO of your company is like going on podcasts or he's speaking at keynotes or something like that. So that's that's one thing, right? Um, yeah. Another source of influence can be like board members. So if you have like more influential, maybe like someone's been a successful entrepreneur or a CEO who's now on your board, they can use their influence to you know promote your solution and they have skin mm-hmm. in the game, right? Yeah. So this, this is like the lowest hanging fruit. You can create a list of like 10 to 20 people like this in like a week and reach out to them and you'll see easily see like at least a 25 to 50% conversion rate on these conversations, right? Yeah. So yeah, go on. So is that a, in, in terms of case studies there, are you talking about uh, like doing testimonials and, and that could form any be any form in terms of um, videos, could be little audios, could be, as you say, guest, guest yep. appearances? No, so that's that's the traditional model of sales doing case studies and recording videos like this or something like that. That's so I'm assuming you already have that, right? So you reach out to those people who you did a case study with. If they were if they got a good enough outcome to do a case study with you, maybe they're also open to like maybe like the sales leader at that other company you're selling to has an audience of 10,000 on LinkedIn and they already did a case study with you. Maybe he can like post once in a while on LinkedIn when he's talking about the problem that you're solving, right? So that's what I'm talking about. So you reach out to them to reach out to their audience. So yeah. Yeah. That's step one. Yeah, that's step one. Step two. So that, that gets the ball rolling, right? At that point, you have like a few conversations going. Now you kind of, from that, you can kind of develop your, um, say ICP for your influence profile. So you know who the kind, who, you know, your customers are. So you can maybe reach out to similar people as them. So step two is basically prospecting and outreach, right? So that's, that's basically it. So you go to either you find similar people to the ones that are in your customer base who are influential and reach out to them. Or what you can do is you can send out a survey to your customers, like just send an email out and you know, ask them, what are they reading? What are they watching? What's your top three favorite podcasts? What do you listen to while you cook, cook your dinner or drive, drive to a co-working space, right? So, yeah. So, you know, talk to your customers, just prospect, find out other sources of influence and create like a list of 100 to 200 um, sources of influence or influencers, um, for lack of a better word. And yeah. yeah, then a bunch of ways to do it, right? So one is talk to customers, just search what your customers search and see who pops up. So I'm sure there's like bloggers in the space that are covering certain, let's say you're selling like a financial modeling software, right? So I'm sure there's like influential bloggers with like an email list of 50,000 users or 50,000 you know prospects that are writing about financial modeling. So let's see who comes up. So search for your keywords on, on Google. You can also, if you're like a more of a trendy-ish tool, um, you can also do some searching on social media. So a lot of new statistics are coming out in our space that say that most people are now using TikTok or Instagram to search. So if you if your friend recommends like a nearby restaurant to you, which you've never heard of, you're not going on Google, you're going on Instagram to see how the place looks. Yeah. You're going on TikTok to see how, how, how what people are saying about it. So people are using these social platforms as search engines too. Mm-hmm. So you can just search for your keywords on social media and go the social media route as well. So yeah, you just have to see, start with your customers and then do some cold prospecting, see who's posting about it. Try finding lookalikes of the influencers that you already have on board. Do, you know, do the grunt work of prospecting to find, like create like this list of 100, 200, um, you know, prospects. And then, yeah, that that's like an easy segue to step three, which is actually doing the outreach. And this is where I see companies kind of messing it up 
because they find their list of influence and they're in their head they're like i want to get this person to talk about my product and then they just reach out to them and they're like hey you know let's work together let's you know why can you share my product on your 50000 that's never going to work right because yeah. they're like who, like who the hell are you right exactly that's right. the first and what yeah. should i care exactly so it's just like it's it's exactly like a sales cycle right so if you if you're doing cold outbound and you just like buy my software as your call to action in the email that's never going to work or if you simply like for example in sales you would ask about your role like hey like are you having issues with financial modeling for example more likely to reply then you gauge their interest level right that's a better way to do it it's the same mm-hmm. thing here just like reach out with something more soft like are you even interested in this space are you even talking about this problem like don't even mention your tool like is this something you'd be you know interested in covering on your podcast on your blog on your linkedin on your social yep. media right yep. reach out with something broad like that and see try to build a relationship that's one main thing that's like kind of popping off right now is relationship based influencer marketing even in the consumer world because a lot of brands on the on the consumer side and I'll digress for a little bit to make a point they tended to do a lot of like pay per post deals which is like hey i just pay this um six pack abs guy like a thousand bucks and he's now posting about my you know my product on his feed that tends to that used to work like 2 3 years ago now it doesn't now like people want to see authenticity people want to see yeah. buy in from the influencer who's posting so same on the b2b side so if you're you got to build a relationship with them you might want to if they are like working at a company you want you might want to sell them your software at a huge discount right that's one way to incentivize them talking about you so yeah, yeah a bunch of stuff like that it, and i guess like sales people you guys already know how to build relationships so i'm not going to dive too deep on this But, well, it's interesting you say yeah. that because in in my experience and having been yeah. in sales for 20 years plus, mm-hmm. uh, there's still today a lot of organizations and a lot of sales people and there are sales leaders mm-hmm. who do the outreach outreach part and they think they're building relationships, but they're making it all about themselves and all about their product. Ooh. So Ooh. they're not they're not adding value. So when I hear you talk about relationship-based marketing and and outreach, it's how do I add value to this particular individual or this particular organization how do i become relevant to mm-hmm. the point where i have something of value that i can share with them that could be a platform for a relationship to start to be developed from yep. which there may then be yep. an opportunity for some sort of uh, reciprocal value creation or whatever the case might be versus Absolutely. going straight for hey i've got this fantastic product i know it's going to solve your problem because this company over there has got the same problem as you have how about I have a conversation with you about yep. me solving your problem as yep. well. Yep. Doesn't work because if most people okay. are now saying, "Hey, bugger off. Not interested." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. I think that's the concept in in marketing there's this I'm I'm sure you've heard of this or something similar like this like welcome pest or oh, sorry, well annoying pest versus welcome guest. Right. Yes. So if you're if you're the annoying pest, they're they're gonna shoo you away. But if you're the welcome guest, they'll willingly open their doors for you. They'll let you in. They'll you know make you coffee or something. So yeah. <laughs> But and and the only way to create uh, or create a I guess an avatar of being a welcome guest is you've got to you've got to have the right intention. You've got Correct. to be authentic. And yep. and sometimes you might have to turn up on the front doorstep. multiple different times before they actually yeah. let you in because yeah. that's the other thing it's it's persistence and you would have seen yeah. this in in your yeah. sales um career yeah. but no doubt in what you're doing now is yeah. it yeah and I hate using this term it is a numbers game which it is <laughs> but um 
you sometimes need to do it more than once, more than twice, more yeah. than three times, sometimes yeah. more than 10 times before people will take any, any notice of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's also about timing, right? So if you, like sometimes with like a influencer from on our side of things, deals just might not work out because they have, they've already signed with a few brands. They have no more space to talk about you, but six months later they might. So it's all about tracking that relationship long-term setting like follow-up reminders for yourself so you can you know follow up with them say hey how's it going now are you open to it if not that's fine but you know let me know keep us in mind you know and send send them stuff right so keep educating them so yeah well that's it you've got to keep top of mind so if and it's not it's not a case of hey i'm I'm calling this organization i'm reaching out to this organization now and right now it's yeah. not the right time because yeah. they have to be in a certain cycle a certain part exactly. of their buying cycle yeah. but what we're doing is we're planting seeds and yep. as long as we can remain top of mind and leave them with what I call an impression of increase, that we don't come across as spammy, we don't come across as inauthentic, uh, it might leave them with a, with a taste that says, hey, this, this is not the right timing now, yep. but maybe there's something with this person that is yep. worth at least keeping the door a little bit open. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting you mentioned top of mind because one of the best ways to just stay top of mind is like, have other sources of influence talk about you. So they might not entertain your cold DM or your cold email, but they are anyway like consuming stuff. They're listening to podcasts, they're scrolling on LinkedIn, they're maybe browsing their you know Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So if it's not the SDR who's doing this, if it's like some other influencer in your industry who's talking about your tool, you'd, you'd be like, whoa, like I've heard of them because that annoying SDR once reached out to me. <laughs> but this is better because it's coming from like Darren, for example, right? Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. So outreach, adding value, relationship-based marketing. Yeah. Um, have you got any any tips for uh, from your experience, any best practice in relation to outreach in step three? Um, yeah, in step three, I think it's just like keeping it open, keeping it, don't make it a hard, don't try to hard sell, don't try to, you know, like get them on board as soon as possible. Because like, yes, there are some people who may say yes up front, like, yeah, I'll work with you, you know, just pay me X amount to talk about you. But then at that point, they're also not the kind of person you want to work with. Because if someone's just like, if you can pay someone a thousand bucks to just talk about you, how authentic are they, right? How how much do they believe in what they're the content that they're putting out? You have so what, was, you, I what mean, was your name again and what was your product? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't want to work with those people. So yeah, I mean, the fact that it is hard is good is because the, the difficulty of it makes it worth it, right? I mean, as with all, all things in life, right? As we, as it is with getting six pack abs, the fact that you can't get them in seven minutes is what makes them worth it. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's step three. What are, what's step four? Yep. Step four is kind of just like the relation outreach. Step three is outreach. Step four is like kind of education, relationship building, that that side of things. So it's not, like I said, it's not like an instant sell. It, it might take a couple of months for of back and forth for you, especially in B2B, right? B2C is quicker. B2B, it might take more time. So just education and creating education, negotiation, conversation, whatever you want to call it, just create an offer for their audience. So most creators, like the good creators or the good sources of influence, they want something for their listeners. They're not like, they're very selfless. They're like, I'm doing this for my mission to put my message out there. I just want you to tell me how my audience benefits from that. What's really in it for my audience to, to listen to. Just like, you know, when we had our first conversation, you asked me like, 
nobody in b2b is doing influence why should i you know have you on on my show because that that's a good yeah. thing right because i could cry about it and say yeah this darren guy is just kind of being hard on me or i can say no this is the guy i want to work with because he really gives a shit about his audience right so that's just a, <laughs> yeah. that's a, yep <laughs> True. So, yeah. So like, yeah, just education, create an offer. So you can like write up an exclusive ebook based on their, you know, the, the kind of content, or you can work together on something like he, the influencer writes something, your team writes something, you put it together, package it, send it to their list, something like that. So just keep adding value, create an offer. Maybe you could do a special discount or longer trial, add like a managed service on top, bunch of things you could do in, in B2B and just, yeah, see what works for them. And yeah, then step five is just start working together and start tracking performance, right? So it's not in, in B2B, in, in the, so again, give, giving you an analogy from the consumer world, it's easier to track, right? It's like a discount code or it's like some attribution referral tracking software that you could use. In B2B, it's it's, it's slightly difficult, right? Because no one's like going to read a LinkedIn post and sign up for a $20,000, uh, you know, high ticket um, software solution, right? It, it's it's a much longer cycle than that. Yep. So you yep. gotta, you gotta, you know, do like low ticket or easy, like lower barrier to entry stuff. So I think eBooks would work really, really good for, for like B2B influencers, especially if someone's like listening to a podcast or doing, consuming someone's content, they want more content out of that person, right? So you do like eBooks with them or do some kind of a webinar with their audience. So, and yeah. then measure that, like how many people attended the webinar or something like that. So yeah, just track step five is basically start working with them and start tracking how, how your, how the performance is, like how much the audience is resonating with. If all the, like the comments on the LinkedIn post are like, why are you even posting about this? Then you might want to stop working with them. Right. Cause it may not be a fit. Right. But if it's like, yeah, yeah. Or if the comments are like, damn, I needed this in my life. Then it's like, okay, let's go all in with this person. So at, at, at step five, you're like kind of getting a feel of who the, who your like top performer stars are and, you know, going all in with them. So that's again, so that leaves me with step, step six, which is basically just build and foster long-term relationships with these people. So all the, like the 200 or 250, 500 people that you reach out to, not all of them are going to be your long-term partners, but maybe like 25 to 50 of them would be. And those are honestly all you need. A lot of people... Again, on the consumer side, they think that they need thousands of people on social media talking about them. But that's not true. If you like have two to three hundred like small influencers on Instagram constantly shouting you out every single month, that's enough. Same for the B2B world. Like if you have 25 to 50 really like truly influential people talking about you, that's all you need. And all you need is like these these key relationships. And then you can as their goals evolve, as their content plans evolve, you can evolve with them. So you, that's like the best way to stay cutting edge with this stuff. So, yeah. It's amazing you mentioned that because I was actually just listening to a mate of mine who's got a, a podcast out of the States and he's had millions and millions of downloads. And he, yeah. he actually shared with me some some really interesting statistics and it points to that point that you just made. Uh, from a podcasting perspective, because I use, I, I believe podcasting is a, is a perfect influencer marketing strategy, right? Yep. So. Yep. He was saying that if you have for like for this episode when this when this episode goes live, he said that if you if in the next seven days and get this number, if you had twenty six downloads of this episode in the next seven days, that is twenty six people two six 
not 2.6 million or 260,000. Mm. Yeah. If 26 people download and listen to this podcast in the next seven days, then you are in the top 50% of all podcasts on the planet. Damn, is it that bad? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. And nice. he said, and many people get caught up in, and it goes to your point, we're thinking, you know, we're going we're gonna to have hundreds, if not thousands of people talking yeah. about our product. Yeah. No, no, you just have to have the right audience. And if yeah. there's a fit, you just need a small group or a small tribe who are going to be yeah. avid fans of what you do. And all of a sudden you're going to take off. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I, and I see this a lot in, in business to business as well. People trying to trying to be all things to all people thinking I've got to go volume yeah. and no, no, you've just got to be really specific. Know what problem it is that you're solving yeah. and go and qualify the customers, the prospective customers in terms of do they have this problem and do you have a solution that you can solve? Correct. Yep, absolutely. You nailed it. So build a long-term relationship with a small group. Yep, that's correct. And like a bunch of stuff you can do from here. Like, and I guess that's like ongoing from like, it comes under the sixth step is just like make them ambassadors, make them champions. Like give them, I think, um, I think Cisco is like a great example of a B2B company that does this. They have like the, I think they call them Cisco champions, if I'm not wrong. Um, and they basically promote their, their networking tools and software and solutions and everything else. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. if you if you can make it long-term, give them a badge, add them to a community, give them like a special spot on your, on the, like the keynotes that you deliver, make mm. them, make them really part of your, they're basically like your, think of, think of like a sales rep. But that sales rep can reach 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 out to like a ten thousand people in one phone call, for example, right? Yeah, Th- yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I I don't think people understand the power of it truly. Like, you know, it's ten thousand people is a lot. So, yeah, Absolutely. just like make them make them part of your part of your process. Show them show them what you're doing in house. Give them updates before they go out public. Make make it intimate. So yeah, love it. So the six steps then as we go through it, um, yep. uh, you mentioned case studies, but reach out to customers, look at the look for the yep. low-hanging fruit, the people who are already doing business with you. Um, yep. Because as we know, it's actually a lot cheaper to retain yep. customers than it is to get brand exactly. new ones. So yep. recognize and give value to those, those customers. Uh, prospecting and outreach is, re- is step two. So look for identifying yep. that one to, one to 100 to 200 potential influencers. Then... Yep create the outreach campaign for them yep. in terms of yep. reaching out to them and yep. make it relationship-based where we're adding value, not, hey, can you just go and promote my stuff because, yeah. you know, yep. my, my stuff is the best that's ever been. Correct. So please just <laughs> yeah. promote it for me. Yep. Step four is create an offer, education and relationship building. Um, step five, start working together and start tracking performance. So yep. whether it be eBooks or uh, I'm glad you mentioned webinars, how do we get yep. webinars filled and registered and where does that come yeah. from so measure how yeah. how effective the campaigns are yeah. and step six building long-term relationships and turn them into ambassadors so um if we do that over and over and over again uh yeah we'll be unstoppable that's correct that's the unstoppable six-step system that i'm going to trademark <laughs> sensational <laughs> and it shouldn't cost because because a lot of people sit there thinking oh you know do we have to still pay for things like LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads or uh, Google AdWords and all the SEO campaigns. And companies are probably going to be doing that anyway. But from a sales leader's point of view and the sales team's point of view, there is so much available um, 
I guess, intelligence, customer um, satisfaction or experience that yep. is just waiting to be tapped into that Correct. we often ignore. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of, uh, in terms of looking at this then and your experience in, in running this, and we'll talk a little bit about um, Sorrel in a second, yep. what do you think some of the pitfalls are? So if somebody's sitting there thinking, yeah, yep. this all sounds well and good, but you know, what are some things I need to be conscious of? I've got to get things moving quickly. I don't have time to wait for six months or 12 months to build some long-term relationship. Yeah. What are some pitfalls and things we must we should be aware of? Yeah. So I think starting with starting with your own audience first is like one of the things that people I won't say call it a pitfall, but that's just something people miss. That's an easy win. That's a win you can have in like a week. If you're someone who's a customer who's also influential, reach out to them and that's an easy close as well because they already trust you. They know your solution because they bought it, um, right? They're paying for it. So they might as well talk about it, right? So that's that's like one thing people miss. Another thing, I think you also slightly touched, touched on it, but go after go after influence, don't go after popularity. So like, sure, like the LinkedIn creator with, a hundred thousand followers may be super appealing to you, but that guy or that girl is less likely to say yes to you, at least when you start out. But uh, the person with say like a 15,000 following on LinkedIn or say uh, five 5,000 people on their newsletter, um, they're more likely to say yes to you. So don't go after the big numbers, especially when you're starting out. Go after the, the in, in our world, we call it micro-influencers or nano-influencers. So yeah. go after those smaller people who, and they're also usually more, their fans are more engaged, they're more authentic, they're, they have a more one-on-one -on -one intimate connection with their audience. So yeah, don't chase popularity, chase influence. And then yeah. that way you can also grow with them, right? So as they grow, your brand grows with them. So that's, Another pitfall. Another one is like um, worrying too much about like driving conversions from this, um, I, especially for B2B, right? Because it's not necessarily going to be directly like attributable. Um, but like one of the best things is like, look at, look at last quarter when you did not do it, do it this quarter and see the numbers, you know, this quarter or in, in three months from now. If there's a difference, then it's something's working, right? So I think... Um, Gary V has this uh, interesting quote about this, and he says, well, uh, "When someone asks what, so like he asks, what's the ROI of your mother? Like, can you can you tell me in attributable terms? Like, oh yeah, when I was six years old, and she told me not to eat that ice cream that one day, that helped me to you know be disciplined when I'm like 35 years old. You can't make that attribution, but obviously, having your mom around and having her teach you stuff was important in your growth as an individual." So it's yep. the same kind of concept applied to applied here, right? Having it's kind of undeniable that having ten people of influence talk about your tool on LinkedIn, on their podcast, on their newsletter is going to get bring drive awareness and eventually conversions. So yeah, stop worrying about ROI that much um, and start like putting in the reps, and in, in three to six months you'll you'll see something. So yeah, those are, those are some of the pitfalls or common mistakes. So in other words, um, use that seven minute ad machine. But use it, do it yep. regularly, and you'll exactly. get you'll get abs. <laughs> you'll exactly. Get abs. Yep. Yep. And so, from so seven abs, minutes is seven minutes every day. That's it's it. Not, not seven, seven minutes, minutes yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great though, because they advertise, hey, seven minute abs. It's only seven yeah. minutes, and you get great abs. Yeah. And people use yeah. it for seven minutes. Didn't work. I get a get a refund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are just silly. Um, yep. So. So there were some of the pitfalls in terms of results. And I know you kind of alluded to this because one of the big things yeah. I'm, I'm always talking to sales leaders and their teams about is 
um, focus on the progress, making making progress, remove yourself from the outcome. But even Correct. with that, yeah. people are still going to be asking questions. So what sort of results can we expect to see, right? So sales teams yeah. have targets. We've got to try and meet those targets. And sometimes senior leaders are asking, hey, yes, you haven't made your target this month. What's your, yeah. what's your gap close strategy? What are you going to do? Yeah. And this, all this influence marketing sounds great. But um, I don't have time for that shit because I've got to close my close my gap. Therefore, I've got to yeah. make 100 outreach phone calls to try and yeah. do as, whatever I can to build my pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we do this well and we give ourselves the, the benefit of time and put in the discipline, what sort of results can we typically expect from this sort of strategy? I think the problem you mentioned is quite common, like not, not hitting your quota, right? But I think what influence marketing enables sales teams to do is that they're never going to be ever like, how does never ever not meeting your quota sound, right? You always hit your quota, right? That's perfect. So like I said, right, it's, it's tailwind. So you, you, once you have like influencers talking about you for six months, you're never going to like hit out your, it's just, it's never going to be like a direct, um, this thing like, Oh, we closed these many more sales, but you're like, maybe, your your response rates are higher because when you're emailing them, they already know about you from like a LinkedIn post or some podcast you heard. So that's that's a problem that you're solving. Maybe like instead of like one of the best things that B2B guys can do, instead of sell, sending yours after like a sale, you're the first sales call, if you're sending them like case studies and stuff like that that are published on your own company blog or like a PDF in your theme, like what's much more effective is if you link them to a LinkedIn post from someone who's popular in the space and I'm like, hey, here's this guy talking about it. Or yeah. here's this case study that's like published on someone else's blog, right? So as a guest post, for example, or here's this podcast our CEO did with this person, right? Who's popular. So that that stuff really helps, right? So that's also more, again, it's about influence and trust. Like we, that, that's what we b- began with, right? So yeah, yeah I think yeah. if you do that, then you, you're never going to have that not hitting your quota problem ever again. So it's it's credibility, but it does yeah. take time, and it's yeah. not it's not a flash in the pan. It's certainly not an overnight success, but it does it does take time. But which means, yeah. like most things, we've got to invest in it, and we've got to do it consistently. Yep, yep. that's and right. It will compound. I often talk yeah. to people about the the power of consistency and how it compounds. But consistency as a word is not very sexy because they don't <laughs> think, oh, you're yes, you're very consistent. It's like, yeah, really. <laughs> You want to hear? No, I'm 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 amazing at what I do, or I'm phenomenal yeah. at what I do. But yeah. no, you're consistent. But it compounds, right? Just a little bit every yeah. single day. So Absolutely. as we as we sort of bring this to a close, uh, Saral, tell me tell me a little bit about Saral in terms of um, the software you've developed and how this can help. Yeah. So if so, imagine imagine like your ideal prospect. There in B two B, there's a myth, right? That you're selling to. I, I mean, most people believe you're selling to businesses, but at the end of this, the people doing the buying, and those people are on like when they log off of their, they shut down their laptop, and they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're listening to podcasts, or they're watching something on Netflix. For example, so they are like actual human beings who, whom you're selling to. So it's yeah. kind of so. Imagine like some someone scrolling TikTok, and like a TikTok influencer is like recording like a their laptop screen and showing hey I l- look at this new tool that i signed up for and it's helping me save ten thousand dollars every year in you know in my company right it's like a short headline on tiktok everyone's yeah. gonna watch that because they want to see how to save ten ten thousand bucks in their company right so if you're if you're going after that model saral can help you 
will basically help you find um, the content creators information like you know how engaged their audience is how authentic their following is um, stuff like that and then you can save them think of it like a crm for influencer marketing so you can save them to like your list you can send them cold outreach you can track how they're performing you can track your relationships over time like i said if you want if they say no you want to follow up after three months you can set up follow-up reminders and do a bunch of nifty things like that so cool. yeah but yeah if you're if you want to go the social media route that's where we can come in and help you create the right right systems for that so yeah nice nice yeah and uh if uh, people want to get in contact with you what's the best way they can connect with you yeah, my friend yeah, I am pretty active on LinkedIn. I keep posting about influence marketing every every, I did every single that. day. You, you were yeah. talking about. Uh, hang on, I just I just did notice the last couple of days, and you mentioned ROI about your mother. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did put that on LinkedIn too. Yes, and you've also done one recently. That says when you pay an influencer two thousand dollars to post, then it results in no sales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why you never, you you don't start off with like the transactional model of, hey, we'll pay you to post, right? You first prove it out slowly and then, then you do it. that. Yeah, That's it. So, so yeah. LinkedIn, the best place to catch up Yeah, with if you? you want to reach out to me personally, I think LinkedIn is pretty good. Um, if you want to check out Saral, you can go to getsaral, get S-A-R-A-L.com. And you can you can actually sign up. There's, we don't do demos. I mean, we don't like gated with demos or anything. It's a free trial. Um, you yep. can just put your email, sign up, and and yeah, take it from there. Nice, nice, awesome, mate. Yeah. I um, I any final thoughts as we wrap up and and uh, leave us with some pearls of wisdom before we uh close <laughs> out this episode. Um, yeah, I guess the same stuff I mentioned. I'll just repeat it. So go after influence, not popularity. Um, and keep doing it consistently to to see results. I think that's that's like you said, that's the secret to to success there. And don't shy away from if like. 10 years ago, if you went to a B2B, B2B company and told them, so like do social media posts, they're going to be like, get out of here, right? Like our, our prospects are not on social media. They're like business people in suits who, who only read emails, <laughs> right? They don't browse right. LinkedIn or Facebook. And, and now that, every company has like a Facebook. Yeah, go on. And I had a BlackBerry as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at it now, every B2B company is posting on Facebook, on Twitter. They're doing threads on Twitter and stuff like that. So I think influence marketing is the next step there. So if you want to be on the cutting edge, even if you're like not going the social media route and not using Saral, I don't, you know, I don't mind that. But, you know, do something, follow the six step process and send me a message on LinkedIn three months from now and say, you know, hey, I did it, it worked and I'm never not missing my quota again. So, yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah. and the big the big takeaway for me and thanks thanks for jumping on. i really enjoyed this conversation is that certainly as a as a sales leader my sales team now has an opportunity to spread their uh their credibility spread their reach yep. by by having and basically leverage them leverage themselves by building relationships with people who are already influencers in the marketplace but yeah. they don't have to therefore just always me making phone calls or reaching out to individuals. Yep. I can now get leverage and from leverage. Yep. You get some great outcomes. That's correct. Yeah. So, Hey mate, thanks for, uh, thanks for investing time on this uh, beautiful day and um, yeah. really enjoy this conversation. And uh, I reckon we'll have to do it again. Perfect. I love chatting with you, Darren. Happy to, happy to run it again. Awesome, mate. Thanks again. All right. Yep. Catch you soon. Bye. Bye.
thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.